0: Where are you going? I've got to return some video tapes.
1: What's going on, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of a show that will kind of enlighten and Put, put a spotlight on a lot of different things within the cinematic world and within movies and everything. Welcome to the first episode of Late Fees. Of course, I am Justin Davis. You have probably heard of me in so many different podcasts on this network, like 18 of them that we have, but um, I'm very proud to announce this show and announce my, my co-host for the show, um, and I'll just go around the room for, for Late Fees, and I'll start on my left with Wesley Colwell.
0: Hi, guys. My name is Wesley, and uh, I've never heard Justin sound this professional before. (laughs) It's kind of surreal. This is my podcast voice. I love it. Yes. I think this is my podcast voice, (laughs) because I've never talked like this in my life. Uh, My name is Wesley. I'm friends with Justin, Uh, and I live in Los Angeles as well. I work in the film industry. Whoa! And... uh, (laughs) I'm kind of a big shot. Okay, <laughs> no, not it. at all. Um, but recently, I worked on a documentary about the movie The Monster Squad, and that's coming out this year, I think. So, and
1: we're we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about that documentary down the line. Down the yeah. line. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay yeah. So, so, the next host or the, the the next co-host on this show, you guys know this motherfucker. You've known him for years. He's been on your timeline for years. He is, he is. I, I'm proud to say he's a, he's a good friend of mine. He's like my brother. I'm proud that he's finally agreed to do something like this. This is the <laughs> hardest man to even get on a mic. Uh, Eric Abris.
2: Hello. Uh, speak up, motherfucker. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be here uh, on a sat- beautiful Saturday afternoon in a, in a, window- in sa- in a win- the room. In a windowless dungeon, <laughs> talking about fucking nerds. Uh, <laughs> talking about oh, my nerves. my favorite thing to do i am the pro- I am the prodigal fail son and uh so this is right up my alley thank oh. you f- thank you for having me back justin oh yeah we we we've done we've done this rodeo before and yeah last time I was on a podcast with Justin it was uh post Trump election oh yeah I, w- I <laughs> drank myself into a stupor and Justin came over <laughs> immediately after to get my thoughts. Uh, after I secluded myself and barricaded myself in my apartment for a month. It's all fucked up. I think uh, it was, that was
1: the name of it. It's it was all, all fucked up.
2: Yeah, everything fucking sucked. And it still does, so...
1: Uh, we're not, we're, that's that's, that's not about Trump. Here. It's not about Trump. You know, it's funny, like, we're we are at a location where you actually have quotes on the wall. And your quote, on your wall, you have no quotes on this wall, in this area where we're at. The only quote on your wall is, I will masturbate in the streets when he dies. And that is Eric talking about Trump.
2: Yep, yeah, that's, uh... Carry that badge to this day, and <laughs> I can't wait to get to do that in real life. Because uh, you think, don't, don't say he's gonna die. Okay, we're gonna the, move on. The, he's
1: life. gonna live forever. And our, he's and the greatest. And our final co-host on this show. This is a guy that. To me, is one of the most infamous personalities in the <laughs> <world>. <laughs> in the world. Uh, a lot of people actually want to know about you and more things about you. So this is actually a great gateway into into your mind and your and your thought process. My man, Pafifi himself, Pat Baru. What's going on?
3: Uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I
1: want people to know.
3: Pat, uh, That's yeah. Sweet, uh, boy. my name is Patrick. Um. Hi Patrick. I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> oh my god. I don't have anything to say about about me. Uh I uh I'm, you wear, I'm, you wear I'm, funny sunglasses. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> god.
1: Damn. That is that is pat off of the like if if this mic was off, Pat would be saying all types of shit right now. The mic is hot. <laughs> Pat doesn't want to do it, but let's get I'm down to...
3: bad bu- at talking about
1: myself. Let's get down to business here. The show Late Fees was kind of incepted uh, by... It's been incepted <laughs> by us for a while. We were kind of... I kind of wanted to do, like, a, a movie <sighs> podcast with you guys, and we were looking for an angle, and uh, we've been working on this, I want to say, two months. I, no, before that, since, like, December, right? It's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> and we, we couldn't really get it right on the nose, and then I think last weekend, literally... Was the moment
3: we were yeah. like <laughs> for for a long time, most of the ideas were themed around John Travolta. So yeah,
1: <laughs> I think we started off this podcast thinking we should focus on a movie. Yeah, and then we and then we decided we'd focus on like a director and and the the uh, the ups and downs of these directors. We made a list of people, but yeah. I,
3: I, it didn't really come into focus until this movie came out. Yeah, uh, what we should be
2: yeah per- talking about yeah it perfectly crystallized uh, an opportunity to. Shit on um, an absolute legend. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I feel like I'm the only one who really despised the movie. We're kind of going to make this the nucleus of the conversation. Yeah, right, right. Um, but th- I, that that's what lent this to be uh, the conversation we're going to have is because each viewpoint is represented. We had some people in this room love this movie we're going to get to. Some people kind of liked it. And one person... <coughs> Absolutely, thought it was the D of society. I feel uh, like it's two people that felt like that. I think Pat's a little more um, less sour on it than <laughs> I am.
3: I'm less sour on it, but uh, 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 I didn't. I didn't like it.
2: <laughs> so the room is divided, uh, much like our polarized political climate. We have a oh, line. More, uh, we have drawn lines in the sand. I didn't. I didn't know this podcast was political. I, yeah, I might need to back what, out. All art is political. Now we, have to, we um, have to realize that.
0: But just. If you mind, uh, before we jump into Crooked Steven. um,
1: (sighs) And, of course, the first episode, of, as you already have read, of the first episode of Late Fees is about Steven Spielberg. This is the Ballad of Crooked Steven. I actually want to, before, I I hate to interrupt you, Wes, but before before we actually get into the movie, I want to read Pat's email to us (laughs) from a month ago about this. But go ahead.
0: Uh, I just want people to understand the podcast Late Fees. We will be looking at... Not only directors, right? but film series, certain films, yeah. uh, and we'll be comparing and contrasting two opposite ends. Uh, with Spielberg, we're looking at Ready Player One and Jaws, mm-hmm. and uh, we got some future episodes that... They're, uh, they're going to be real interesting. Yeah. I don't <laughs> want to spoil anything, but I just want to make sure people kind of get the concept.
1: I do want to say that I, last weekend I said Spike Lee, and everyone in the room like, turned around <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in the room is like, "No, we we can't. We're not allowed to." Talk
3: listen, man. That. I can't talk uh, if we have talked about Inside Man for three hours. Listen. And
2: that's I, I would love to. I could talk about Twenty Fifth Hour for about three hours. Yeah,
1: yeah I could, you gotta you gotta leave the rest to me. Then I guess. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <All right.
2: laughs> so uh, the, this it starts three white people. So I'm very comfortable with talking about Twenty Fifth Hour.
1: So. The one thing about this email that Pat sent, and I think we all in this room, I think me, Wes, and Eric know, is that Pat com- is completely random as to when he sends these things. We don't know when he writes
2: them. He gets bit by this creative bug that we just <laughs> are not prepared. And Pat's a man of very few words, but when he loves to, uh, when he does decide to unleash the uh, creative mind, it, it is a sight to behold. As, as was this email, because I received it at like 1 p.m. on a work day, and I fucking fell out of my chair. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going
1: to start from the second paragraph all the way down, and we're going to start going into Ready Player One from here. And I think this is a great place to start on all episodes. I think we should just have Pat write a manifesto, <laughs> and then we just read it off, and then we go into it. So uh, I'll, start with, I'll start with the email, and we'll just go off from there. A forgiving analysis of Spielberg's filmography could suggest he's directed as many as 10 classic films. He's credited with inventing the summer blockbuster, parentheses, who the fuck knows? (laughs) (laughs) He has crafted some of the most famous on-screen sequences of all time. This much is not debatable. Many of his films have more than one of them. Nowadays, the man is a hack. (laughs) (laughs) His last great movie, Minority Report, was released before George W. Bush invaded Iraq. And while not all his movies since then have been failures, they have been collectively uninspired. Holy shit. Why, uh, what were you feeling when you wrote that? Bars.
3: I, mean, it's, I don't know. It's, I think I think I actually finally wrote this when he said uh, the shit about... Uh, Avengers? N- no. I, oh, I that mean, was kidding. Was I, I think when he said the shit about uh, Netflix should only be allowed to compete for Emmys and I, already, I don't even like Netflix but it was like okay you, you're, you're, you're yeah
1: so uh <clears throat> the the reputation of his late career is buoyed by his track record but he's been irrelevant for a long time and his stats are kind of juiced to begin with uh, so are you comparing him to like
3: well I think that juiced means like I, like E.T. isn't that good wow like, it's fine like it's a good movie I mean ET's cute like the, the bus. what Et e. you know? look, e. T.
1: looks like a uncircumcised penis. I don't think he does not look. He does not look cute. Et is
3: Jesus
1: Christ. Et is manga. Uh
3: No, I don't know. I just think. I mean, th- I don't. I said said he he could be credited with having that many classic movies. He doesn't have that many classic movies. He's uh, he's that's why we're here. He's okay. not that good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the question we we're posing on this first episode of late fees how do you go from Jaws to Ready Player One so everyone in this room is seeing Ready Player One I think I want to go from the, the people who did not like it onto the people that liked it so Wes you enjoyed it uh, let's go from, from least extreme to more extreme because Eric's face just completely changes now. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, what did you think about Ready Player One? And of course, if anyone doesn't know, Ready Player One is an adaptation of... Who wrote, who wrote the book? Ernest, Ernest Klein. Klein. Ernest Klein's book of the same name, Ready Player One. It is a fantastical and kind of like... On the nose, you would say 80s and 90s tribute. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> of of 80s and 90s say. pop culture and video games and movies and, and quotes and, and style and music. And the movie really takes a lot from that and, uh, in a lot of ways. So, Pat, what did you think
3: about it? Um, I.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is wild right now. Uh, really? Okay.
3: I didn't hate Ready Player One. Uh, it was bad. <laughs> uh, this movie
1: is sitting at like a seventy percent or something on Rotten Tomatoes.
3: I, we should do an episode on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> That's a great idea. Uh, uh, okay, so he, watching Ready Player One, uh, some of the sequences are really awesome.
1: Like uh, the the car the the car
3: race? The car race was good. Uh, I didn't think Kong looked very good. Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 looked good. I, when, when they did the second one where you could see it from, like, under the track and shit, but I thought that was, was very cool. Oh,
1: also, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it. Sorry.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, we're going to spoil the shit out of this Yes. Movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen the movie, uh. Turn this off right yeah, now. Yeah, there's no point even listening to this. No, listen
2: and just don't see that shitty movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's, that, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to say, I'm not vouching for the movie. Uh, uh. Uh, I can't, I think, I. You know, I the only notes I really wrote, so I know some of us have, have extensive notes about this, the only notes I wrote down about this were about a paragraph and a half.
1: <laughs> Damn, and there's I, no thought to this? No,
3: that thought's like, they're all... Okay, I yeah. got you. Uh, I, when the guy, uh, turned into the Gundam and... <laughs> <laughs> And he was fighting Mecha Godzilla. That's I, an awesome fucking scene. Yeah, but I was like, okay, here's, like, why this movie is good, because I don't even like this movie, and I'm sitting here like, oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, but it isn't cool. Like, it, it is. But, like, that's all the movie is. The movie is basically, like, an Easter egg hunt of, like, ooh, when is my favorite shit going to appear on screen? Which is cool, but it's kind of a cheap way to cash in on, like, a four decades long prestigious career like <laughs> th- watching the movie it, and this movie isn't like the post at all and I don't mean to immediately cut into other Spielberg movies I, I want to stick to this one for a minute but like the post which w- was kind of fast-tracked through production uh, so much so that I believe Ready Player One was in- initially supposed to come out before it uh-huh. um, <clears throat> It feels like really only Spielberg could have gotten this off the ground, which is fine in terms of who the hell else is going to say yes, or are they going to say yes to when he wants the rights to, you know, everything across any genre of entertainment that exists. Uh, So it is awesome that he was able to get that. But in terms of actual storytelling and if you should be using your, again, decades-long built-up reputation to be doing this, I don't know. I mean, this script is... Extremely flat, and every. What do you mean by flat? When it, you say it's, flat, it's just it, it's like it feels prepackaged. I mean, it feels prepackaged in that, uh not just in that there are a lot of tropes. I mean, this guy's an orphan. He lives with his aunt. Yeah, uh, the aunt has an abusive. It,
1: it felt like, like kind of like Willy Wonka ish
3: to it me. It did. It did feel like Willy Wonka ish, except in Willy Wonka, uh, a lot of. The tension from the movie is like does this guy who is like basically broke in like England or (laughs) wherever the fuck Willy Wonka takes place America I don't even know. (laughs) Uh, I think it's uh, England. Yeah, it's England. Waldal is English. So yeah, yeah. so look, the the first like act of the movie uh, is like oh man this guy deserves a golden ticket I hope he gets one but in Ready (laughs) but in Ready Player One it's as though if instead of waiting for a golden ticket. He, like, fell through a trap door and we're partying inside the chocolate factory <laughs> immediately. <laughs> you know, I don't care. That's good, that's good. Uh, so, <clears throat> it I, it does feel uh, Wonka-ish, especially in a way that, like, when you're watching Wonka, a lot of it is extremely, like, Wish Fulfillment-esque. Yeah. Like, who, <clears throat> the Chocolate River and, let I me mean, every aspect thi- of it. This, the, is, the,
1: this is Wish Fulfillment. Yes, yes,
3: and there's a, a lot of that, is, uh, Wish Fulfillment isn't bad. Right. Except when it is, and when it's all there is, uh, like you remember in X Men Three, <laughs> when that guy, uh, who was Scottish, played the Juggernaut, and he yeah. said, "I'm the Juggernaut, bitch." And we like, w-
1: we waited for that moment. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but it, a it was weird because he was Scottish. Uh, and. <laughs> Vinny Jones. Yeah, it was Vinny Jones. I don't know who the fuck it was. Is I'm he just saying, is he British? I, th- I think he's Australian. Oh. Okay. All right. The point is, you're wrong. In those in those <laughs> in those videos, it was always a black dude doing the voice. Right. Right. I get you. And a it chance. was like it, it was the total. His delivery was totally. And so not only was it not good, it was like just it it takes you out of it a lot. Yeah. And like for, <laughs> I think Ready Player One is a movie that uh, portends to be kind of all about the magic of what movies can do and what entertainment can do, which is awesome, and I like that when they get it right in in entertainment. But in this case, the entire time you're being reminded, this is a gimmick. This is not, this is is totally
0: manufactured. Uh, Okay,
1: so I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. Wes, what do you have to say to that?
0: I mean, okay, so I did enjoy this movie, uh, but I also recognize that there are a lot of problems with it, right? So, I mean, he's not too far off in some some regards. I just enjoyed the viewing experience way more than he did.
1: Yeah, I, I um, think it's a movie that, on all cylinders, when it's when it works, you're it's tugging at your nostal- nostalgia strings, and it's like, yo, this is shit that you've always loved. Yeah. I I
0: think if uh I'm sorry, I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get to you in a second,
2: Eric. I th- I, I know you're waiting. <laughs> I
0: think if another director had maybe done it, it, it probably wouldn't work as worked as well for me. I mean, I have a lot of mixed feelings on Latter-day Spielberg, but I still think <laughs> that he's like at the end of the day like a master craftsman, sure. like I mean, this is a guy... It makes
3: it worse. <laughs>
0: what, what this is a, mean? This is a guy that in, like, 1993, he directed Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year. Yeah, Like, that's crazy. who the hell else can do that other than, like, maybe, like, a Ridley Scott, who I also have a lot of mixed feelings <laughs> about, but he's a fucking workhorse, like...
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I don't know. I don't think Ready Player One is, like, the worst example of Spielberg. I think there's other movies that we could point to for that, but... Um, it definitely has its problems, and I think the biggest problem for me is uh, character. It has a extreme character problem. I can't even tell you who the main character's name is.
1: Do yeah. not remember. I do not remember who um, his name you is. You
0: guys, it's Percival.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: is it really? Yeah, it's Percival. His, fucking per- his gamer, gamer name is Percival. Percival. His real
3: name is Wade. Wade, okay. Which, keep going. Wade,
1: uh, is it Wade's... Wade Robbins or some Wade,
3: shit. It's Wade Wade Wiggins. Wade Wade. It's It's, w- it's two W. Yeah,
0: it's W Here's something. the thing. We Wade, Watts. Wade,
2: Wade Watts. Wade Watts. That, that's a perfect uh, snapshot of this movie. You can't remember the the hero's name, and it, he's given the most basic. John, it, it's it's meant to evoke images of John Wayne. Wade, John Wayne. That's how I was saying. He's he's the avatar of of. Of every classic Spielberg hero. hero, handsome white guy, bland, is sort of the everyman. But that term has sort of been bastardized. to I mean, just white guy who we can, who who we can uh, uh, project our um, <coughs> uh, our insecurities onto. Like, oh no, this is this is what heroism is, and it's just this ultimately vacuous. But isn't uh, that isn't that what empty the shell of a, of a character. Isn't that kind of what the movie wants to do? I felt like the movie wanted Percival to be
1: me, or the person beside me, or the person in front of me. He the movie
3: wanted Percival to and we should get back into what Wes was saying in a second, but the movie wanted Percival, I felt like, and this was the ultimate failure of the movie. Uh, the movie wanted Percival to be like what's his name the old nerd who created Oasis holiday Halliday, yeah they yes. like were the, <clears throat> the entire movie they were like t- attempting to draw all these parallels being like, Oh, if he realizes like what Halliday had realized was wrong about himself, then he'll be able to solve the puzzles and grow as a person. But like he wasn't anything like Halliday. Yeah. Like he had a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. He was Im- like he was embracing the shitty hand that life dealt him without being like a shithead about it. And he wasn't like some antisocial bastard like Halliday. Like yeah. so that uh, I the character problem, one hundred percent. I would have bought everything else. Hook, line, and sinker. But everybody from Wade Watts, played by the guy who isn't the Thirteen Reasons Why guy yeah. or the guy from uh, The Lobster, are those the same person? Movie?
2: They're all different people. Too. Yeah, right. They <laughs> are.
3: Well, they're, they're, It's three
2: different guys. Three right? different guys. He's the kid from Mud. That's what I know. I'm yeah. Oh yeah. well,
3: Wade Watts, I love you in Mud. Ty Sheridan. Ty yeah. Sheridan, you're fantastic in Mud. Uh, don't do another Spielberg movie. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> Shit. I, uh, I go ahead. Go ahead, Wes. Well, as a We Percival is definitely, like, a boring-ass character. And if that's all the movie had to offer me, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it. Yeah, Uh, I think where I got interested in the film is actually uh, Halliday. Like, I I thought Mark Rylance was kind of great. I liked his performance. It was one uh, of the best
3: parts of the movie. And
0: it drew me in and, like, wanting to know, like, where he messed up and, like how problematic, like, he's a very problematic character. Yes. yes. Like, he's very, uh, gamer gate yes. <laughs> Like, with his, uh... Well, his basic, I mean, for, for, uh,
3: forgive me if I've misinterpreted this, but I'm kind of just reminding myself. Uh, yeah. He basically, uh, fucked up his relationship and then, like, devolved into, like, self-loathing and then created a fictional reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay
1: a fictional reality where anyone could be whatever the fuck they want yeah. to be without having to face anything in the real world. I, I kind of noticed that parallel, and I was like, I know there's probably a lot of people in this theater right now that would really love this fucking place, yeah. but it's not real. I and will
3: it, say, in while it is a little, like, of a weird, like, it, should we be endorsing this, like, checking out of reality and uh, yeah. going into a fake reality, it was a pretty deft move, And this is completely unrelated to character, but for all the problems I had, I think, with world building, which I haven't even fleshed out in my head, it was a pretty good blanket decision to be like, if you make money in the game, which anyone can do, it's kind of like making money in the real world, even if you live in the hood, so, like, whatever, like, it's fine. (laughs) Uh, Like, if you're really good at the game, you can still live in, like, a trailer tower. I hated
1: Uh, how he bought those items. Oh. And when as soon as he bought them, I was like, he's going to use those for the rest of the fucking movie, yeah. isn't he?
3: It was just, like, stuff like that was just <laughs> such a, like, that's what I mean when I say pre Like, you've seen s- every part every of Every Spielberg before. movie does that. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> where, where we're going to get to it. Yeah. I just
3: finally watched The Post, and yeah, they do.
0: And, and there's a lot I want to talk about character, but it would require me going into, like, my Jaws coverage, so I'm going to hold off. I just want to say it so we don't forget about it. All right. Uh, <laughs> but, it. but, but uh other than the character problems there were still like sequences that i like enjoyed immensely i think a lot of the action sequences even though we don't have that strong character to latch onto like i don't know he still knows how to shoot the hell out of an action sequence like the the race at the beginning of the film is incredible exhilarating. and it's something that i didn't think i'd be into at all like when these trailers were coming out I didn't want to see this movie at all. Like, I thought it looked like a piece of shit. I think it, lo- it was like, oh, why would I want to sit and watch a video game for two and a half hours? Like, this looks like shit. There I do many w- I don't... video games I'd want to see adapted before yeah. I see Ready Player yeah, One. Yeah, I, d- I don't want to see this. But because he's good at his job, like, that opening race is, like, really exhilarating and, like, captivating. And um, and parts of it look amazing. Yeah, <laughs> no, it looks really good. Um and then there's uh, a pretty controversial scene later that was kind of incredible, which, I mean, spoilers, they go into The Shining. Yes. And I'll, for a lot of people, that's their favorite sequence. Maybe not everybody in this room.
1: I actually, but, um, uh, I know Eric has a lot of thoughts about The Shining yeah. sequence. So let's let's just have let Eric have the floor about yeah. just his overall thoughts. Tear it up. Then, and then we'll talk about The Shining
2: sequence. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. I kind of do. No, do it. No, uh, absolutely. That's what we're here to do. But <laughs> there are things that worked for me. Um, well, well, if you out of ten, what would you give this movie? A three. Oh what? shit. <laughs> <laughs> I respect. <it. laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. It's. It. I think. There's a
3: one and a half out of five.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have serious problems with the. We can't separate we can't separate art and artists from I know I tend to beat a dead horse when it comes to politics but there are political ramifications or at least like political and cultural um, um, what's the word I'm looking for um, parallels not parallels but just impacting it, aspects it, yeah impact it has a cultural and political impact especially someone of Spielberg's caliber and what this movie with its um, its reliance on nostalgia and these references throughout pop culture which you know we're at a we're at a cross point now in in culture where we're witnessing the rise of these darker corners of pop culture whether it's Gamergate or even incels and and just these angry man children online (laughs) who are extremely online, fail sons if you will and I feel like this, Spielberg who thankfully did not make Ready Player One the book, which that book is almost unreadable. I tried to read it, and I put it down. It is everything gross with fandom and and gamer culture and pop culture, where it's Patsy on the back... For knowing references and memori- memorizing lyrics to songs, and doesn't really interrogate or investigate why people become fans of things, and why it doesn't, why it brings out sometimes the worst of our id and sometimes the best. It just mm-hmm. is just like, hey, you saw fucking Back to the Future. If anyone tries to tell you that that movie sucks, they don't get it, and they're the fucking losers, and you're the cool guy. And it's like this weird wish fulfillment of like this. Beta male uh, resurgence, and it's just weird to me. I feel like Spielberg's ad- adaptation is
1: kind of celebratory,
2: more than anything. Well, it's like, hey, you love Gundams. This is why you're well, here. The thing that worked for me was that he got close to almost feeling guilty about his complicity and how we consume <laughs> pop culture. Yeah. a lot of these references are to Spielberg. But and, he
3: made this movie, right? <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it, there were moments where it's like, oh, like he. A lot of these things are Spielberg adjacent. Whether it is Back to the Future. Or um, what else am I thinking of? Uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, you know, the, these things that on their surface have not inspired any sort of insidious following or uh, obsessive uh, fandom too. They just there's an appreciation for its influence mm-hmm. on pop culture because the guy really did shift how, how movies are made on a larger scale with humanistic and, and uh, emotional intelligence um, to their storytelling. Um, I'm going off on a tangent here what, I, what was dude, why do you hate the movie motherfucker um, <laughs> you start talking about Trump and shit as a movie <laughs> forget, it, forget it and I
3: agree with you yeah. uh, in a lot of that just give us like your you're as a just pretend pretend uh, pretend uh, pretend Jill Stein had won and <laughs> and, uh, and uh, and if you'd been able to watch the movie through a lens and a, a less, an ap- a more apolitical lens, how how would you have felt? Just in terms of what didn't you like?
2: I feel like what really failed for me was. Th- I heard people who liked the movie complain about the CGI. I kind of like the CGI on this. Mm. It was... There's a strange color palette to it. Like, the racing scene almost was, like, Wachowski-esque with Speed Racer. There was some... Love Speed Racer. Classic <laughs> movie. Very... Un- I would love to talk big, about Wachowskis and... The big big Speed Racer big, fan. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the movie, too. Every, I,
3: honestly, every single person who has yeah. seen it who I know is, like, a it's good. huge Speed Racer fan. It's a, it's a great. good movie, and b, like, it, insane.
2: Yeah. 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 And... You know, Spielberg still, no matter what we think of his paint-by-numbers sort of approach in his later career, like Pat was saying in The Post or, or Bridge of Spies, the guy is still a hell of a director of actors. And even though there isn't much human uh, qualities on screen, they are sort of reduced to these two-dimensional things. And I think that might be the point because that's what uh, video games and our obsessive consumption of culture kind of does to things. I thought we got great performances out of Mark Rylance, as we were saying, mm-hmm. for Halliday. And even Olivia Cook as Artemis. Yeah. Who, cool. yeah, she's great. Who, and this kind of will tie into why this movie frustrated me, was sort of reduced to this, like... She was a better gamer than uh, Percival, Percival. Mm-hmm. but yet she sort of just shows up and he explains how things work. Like, if her and Lena Dun, not Lena Dunham, uh, Lena Waites character are these um, proficient and and expert gamers... They took a lot of like mansplaining from artists, <laughs> oh, from, from from Percival of like Ber- Hel- Percival Percival <laughs> Percival Percival. Yeah, whatever. Um, his name. I
1: hated Lena Waites character. Well, she's just not a good actress. I, I just who's Lena Wave? She was uh, H, H H H. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah. And I just thought that having her, I, and I, I hate we're skipping ahead to having her like buoy the the shining scene, kind of like. Like on the second watch of this, I'm gonna hate I'm, I'm probably gonna like like it less because I just don't like her character in the movie. She's unconvincing in every single scene that she's in. Even when she's like doing action scenes, driving. Yeah. I'm like, how can you be unconvincing yeah. turning a
2: wheel? Great yeah. ri- great writer, great producer. She is a force to be reckoned with and I'm so glad her career's taken off. But we gotta have a conversation we gotta have a, we have have a dialogue <laughs> about Lena <White. laughs>
0: can, can we talk about how the movie is uh, a little racist and making her deal with the cops at the end while everybody's getting celebrated oh absolutely yeah.
1: <laughs> sure Some, oh, yeah. oh, we wanna talk about racism yeah. <laughs> also,
0: the two Asian kids yeah, yeah. yeah the one of them turns into a Gundam yeah
3: uh, also, they're, I mean, they're even, both ninjas even in the even in the shining scene the like character who like falls for like the scary situation and gets wandered off like it feels like racism from like the 1800s almost yeah. <laughs> Like it's very, like, Spielberg made a really old school movie. Yeah, it was like,
1: it's like 90s old school. Like, they, they, everyone was clearly slotted into their parts. Like, Lena Waite, you are this. yeah, Little kid, you will continuously make jokes about you being eight or whatever. However yeah.
0: fucking, like he made how many jokes about him being a kid in that movie? Also, he knew karate.
1: Yeah, yeah. oh, my God. it was Like just, in real life. Also, like, the stakes, I mean, and I enjoy this movie, but you guys are really, like, turning me right now. But the stakes in this yes, movie, I like why, it too. why is the CEO driving around with a gun trying <laughs> to kill somebody in this I mean, that's here, movie? Here, that's, here, that's
2: Jeff Bezos in a couple years. Anyway. <laughs>
3: that's gonna, that's, okay, yeah. if Bezos, you've seen him without a shirt on, we all have. He's if he were walking little around villain. with a gun, I'd be like, okay, I don't, I'm don't. i leaving. But fucking Mendelssohn, when he Sorrento had a. Sorrento is
2: Bezos, or like, uh, uh, I, uh, I, what's his name? Ike What's his name? Iger? Iger? Bob Iger. Iger? Yeah. Bob Iger? <laughs> like, it's, it's truly. Well, imagine Les Moonves out there with a fucking yeah. I block.
1: imagine Bob Iger has a thousand Ric Flair robes, and if he was doing it, he'd be definitely out with no shirt
3: on. The the thing with stakes and, you know, the, a CEO driving around with a gun is uh, the movies. Like, one of it's the worst moments for me when I knew, like, okay, I definitely... I don't like this movie, uh, was when, like, Mendelsohn, like, throws open the back of the truck and he's, like, he got the gun God. in there. And he's, like... <laughs> Oh, my God, the egg. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just can't believe it. Like, even though the entire movie he's been chasing this guy because this guy's really good at finding the egg and he's going to find the egg. Yeah. Then he, the guy has found the egg and Mendelssohn can't believe it. Like, there it is. There's the egg. And his hand, like, wilts with the gun in it. And then he's like, you know, the next thing you know, he's being loaded into the back of a squad car. Like, what? What with, is with the happening? security
1: detail, I, I didn't like her character either. Like her character just existed to just be an annoyance. Yeah, yeah she I, had no character development. All, all, all. I
3: could yeah, think of was uh, uh, hunt uh, hunt for the wilder people, the cop and the uh, the, the social, the
2: social, social worker exactly. and that.
3: That was all I could so think of watching uh, Mendelssohn. Yeah, and, I, and I, what's her name?
1: I think as a whole, the movie just really s- has less stakes. Like I feel like if I was eight, I would be worried about it. But yeah. I think like as an adult, it was like. There's no way he's not gonna get oh, it. Yeah. I think more than anything, I just loved I just love like the nudges towards shit that I that I like. Like the shining scene. And if anyone hasn't seen this movie, there is a scene where Steven Spielberg I, I he didn't do it like frame for
0: frame or or sh- like shot for shot. I just, could be wrong, but I think they took four K scans of the Shining and, or the, the hotel. Well like I think of the film. Oh wow like four K scans of the film and inserted their characters. Into that somehow, I, I could be very wrong. about that. So
1: that's CGI on top of fucking CGI hmm.
0: on top of a movie that came out in 1980. Holy shit! So like so, they literally it's very impressive recreate the
1: whole Shining Hotel, uh, complete with typewriter, the the blood hallway, the uh, the woman in the bathtub, the the ballroom scene. All of that is recreated, and they, they play you know they play you through that as far, as part of one of the keys that they have to find. I thought the scene when I first saw it, I popped I marked out huge like. I thought that, like, as, just as far as like, a scene that has been created in 2018 that like faithfully recreates something that I really, really love, and I'm a big horror movie fan, and Wes is as well, I think that got me. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm all in on this movie.
0: Yeah, and I will say, like, depending on how you feel about it, uh, but when that happened in the theater, my entire theater went insane yeah and it was one of like the most surreal experiences i've actually had watching a movie in the theater like like everyone seemed to be liking the movie for the most part (laughs) up until then but like when that happened people were like holy shit got him this is happening Mm -hmm. like they're going into the shining and we're so excited because we everyone here loves the shining like Mm -hmm. we want to go into the shining like this is what we want we want to go into another world that we're fans of and i wish the movie had Almost been more of that, yeah. but maybe that would have taken away from the impact of that scene.
1: Well, you can't have Wreck-It Ralph two if you're in right. Mario Land. Yes, or so I, like that. Let
0: me jump off this before
3: yeah. Eric really takes it away about the Shining scene. Yeah, he's yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, gonna bury it. And just w- one more thing about stakes in the movie. I, I watched. Uh, this is gonna sound crazy. I watched uh, Brendan Fraser's George of the Jungle uh, not too long ago. So funny. Uh, Why? Which. Uh, kind of just a uh, Caitlin and I watched it over Thanksgiving at her parents girlfriend. Caitlin Caitlin and I watched it uh, at uh, I think at Thanksgiving Uh, it could have even been the previous Thanksgiving but for George of the Jungle it feels very recently to have watched it uh, but it is very good and kind of weird, uh, and it's like Leslie Mann and Thomas Hayden Church and Brendan Fraser. It's and an amazing cast. Yeah, it's really bizarre. But there's one point when the narrator, who is John Cleese, <laughs> uh, who is also the gorilla-like sidekick character, who's yeah, very smart. The gorilla smart. narrates the movie. Yeah. What? <laughs> uh,
0: the gorilla narrates the movie. He yes. doesn't
3: narrate the movie like on screen, except yeah. until like the end. I think when you he like takes him. down the newspaper and like. And it's a gorilla. Well, no, the John Cleese plays a gorilla like, yeah. who lives with George in the jungle. It's pretty remarkable. Anyway, you haven't seen this movie. No,
0: this sounds amazing.
3: Oh my god, uh, this this movie was huge when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, a, a I'm, only, I'm like two years younger than uh, you. Uh, <laughs> it was when Good Burger came out.
0: I saw Good Burger in the theater.
3: I remember I was going to a, I was at a birthday party where I had already seen both movies and they were going to see George the so i kind of tried to hijack the birthday party and to see good burger instead cuz like man if i got to see one of these movies twice like i need to see good burger again <laughs> uh, anyway saw i the, the jungle got to see Anyways, kel got to see kenan go yeah uh, but there's a part where the narrator like thomas hayden church's character like falls off a bridge or something and it's one of those like jungle bridges so he falls into a ravine that lo- appears to be 4 miles deep and the narrator says like nobody dies in this movie they just get really bad boo-boos and like <laughs> About halfway through uh, Ready Player One, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's what this is. Yeah. Like, this is everyone's fine here. Like, yeah. There's no chance of well, anyone well, dying." Well,
1: thousands of people do die in this yes, movie. Yes,
3: yes, uh, <laughs> for like, no reason. You in know, a, in a, basically a domestic terrorism plot. Yeah, and uh, that
1: part troubled me as well. Yeah. I was like, "Where's
3: the like the stakes go up and but down?" But in a way that a lot of these movies from the '80s do. That part is completely glossed over. over. Yeah, it's uh, glossed
2: over. That, but that, that's my problem with the storytelling, where it's like. Just when you think Spielberg's making a, a salient point about, like, <laughs> you know, we're so distracted by our own, uh, we're, we're, we're feeding our pleasure centers every second with social media or video games or more movies that we're, like, we're literally becoming uh, indifferent to uh, real-life violence and economic and environmental damage, and we just... Think about it for a second, and then move on. Like, nope, that I'm giving him way too much credit. <laughs> they just wrote that off like, that eh, so it, it, it was a sto- it, it was an engine to drive the story forward and killed Wade's closer, family. Yeah, closer to the end. Yeah, killed yeah, his very, neighbors. Yeah, it was very, so callous, man. It was Just
3: callous. So it, that aside, mm-hmm. uh, we like Spielberg does. Uh, I will ignore that. And so, the Shining sequence. Yeah, the, uh, Eric,
1: the Shining the, sequence. The se- well, let, let me let me yeah. just say one thing with yeah. Shining
3: sequence. I think. I did not see this, uh, unlike Wes, I didn't see it, or you, I didn't see this movie uh, even close to when it came out. Yeah, I saw it By the last time, week, I think. Yeah, what I saw the movie about two weeks ago. I saw
1: it two weeks after it came out. Yeah,
3: yeah. Did, I, did I see it first? Yeah, you guys both we, saw when s- people were seeing it.
1: I think I saw it before you. So I, I might Like saw, a day before. I, I saw it two days after he did. I saw it on the Sunday. Yeah. So, yeah, so the opening weekend, though. Yeah, it was yeah. still opening weekend.
3: So, for a lot of these movies, and this is probably what's going to end up happening with, with Avengers, too. Um,
1: Oh, God. Uh, and
3: I, th- I, th- I have a feeling that I'll like it more than probably anyone here did. Uh, but you're one not. One of the reasons I'm being...
1: D- Pat, you're not going to like Infinity War better okay, than we Okay, we either. shouldn't
3: talk about this right now. Uh, he's, I, I went I went to the movie uh, on a weeknight, uh, and this was like two weeks ago, so it had been out for a very long time. I got to Arclight like, early, like, pounded a beer in the lobby, <laughs> went to the concession stand, got the hot dog, uh, got a beer, Uh <laughs> The Sour Patch Kids were the member item, so it was looking good.
1: We you painted the picture,
3: Pat. Tell yeah. us what happened. So anyway, I'm in there, and I know like with this movie, I'm like oh, I know there's a sequence in here I need to be looking out for, mm-hmm. and I assumed me and me and the four other people in the theater at the time assumed that this was the sequence the two of you had been uh, had had mentioned in the chat, uh, and I'm watching it, and it's. It looked. I mean, the the blood looked. It looked good, and there were parts when I wasn't sure if it looked good, but it was the part of it was the kind of like not, you're not sure where you're like even if this looks bad, it kind of looks good. Uh, so that that was nice, and I thought that it instead of where a lot of the movie felt like very cheap nostalgia grabs, which I hate. Uh, nostalgia isn't content. I'm getting this put on shirts soon. (laughs) Uh, And I'm going to take them uh, to the Stranger Things premiere. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I would wear the shit out of that. But the sequence, I, I thought, was pretty cool. And I thought that it kind of... Again, where the other ones felt cheap, it felt a little more... Like, oh, at least they're really going for it with this one. Like, this wasn't like oh, a fake Jack Nicholson, like, burst through the ice during the race, and, like, here's Johnny with an axe, like, fucked up one of the cars. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been another on the long list of dumbass shit mm-hmm. that was in this movie. Uh, but this was a more, like, slightly in-depth way to look at it. And I thought that, honestly, the movie would have done better with more of that, and if mm-hmm. it would have felt a little more of, like uh, like, Kingdom Hearts, almost. Yeah. Like, Kingdom Hearts, on paper... Uh, or even in, like, a pitch room. Like, oh, there's some Disney characters hang out with the guys from all the Final Fantasy games. But,
1: but Kingdom Hearts is played all straight. Like, yeah. everything's real in yes, Kingdom Hearts. Yes, Everything matches. But what
3: it could feel like, oh, I'm just buying a, a Final Fantasy Disney mashup game. Like, that seems stupid. But no, the game is awesome. Mm-hmm. And for a moment... If you're into this sort of thing, the movie achieves like getting you totally into a world.
2: Mm-hmm. Pat and just so made the jerk off motion towards me.
3: It was <laughs> it was not a jerk off motion. <laughs> but Eric, how,
2: how did you feel yeah. about yes. the, the sequence? See, it's hearing you three talk about it. Like I'm not as mad uh, that you guys appreciated it because it works on a on a sort of thematic level for you guys. Where I, when I first saw it, my, the cynic, the jaded, like, calcified cynic in me was like, oh, wait, like, hasn't Spielberg already, like, jizzed all over Kubrick's corpse with AI? Oh, let's do it again, baby, and pull out, uh, this Shining, like, uh, this Shining reference, like, just completely bereft of, of any sort of heart, and and just like a, a, like, hey, guys, you love The Shining? Well, here it is. That's how it felt to me at first. But the more I thought about it, I mean, I still don't like it, and I almost think hearing what Pat had to say, it would have maybe worked for me if it wasn't so beat for beat, uh, like this absolute, like, panel, it was like a diorama of it, it was like this replica of it that was so pristine, and it was like a 4K scan of it, like mm-hmm. you said. If it was like this, like, shoddy simulacrum of it, or whatever, like... Uh, they made it almost more video game-esque and kind of cheesy. I probably mm-hmm. would have bought into it more. But because they were like, this is something important and we're going to actually like get these details beat for beat, right? I was like, give me a fucking break, man.
1: You know, like, you know what I it? I felt like the characters had never seen the movie before and I thought that was completely against everything. Yeah, they hadn't seen it before. Yeah, and honestly,
3: it. now that you say that, it feels like there were... I can't pick them out yeah. right now, but it feels like there were parts of that that happened or there were parts like that that happen often in the movie where it's yeah. like, oh, suddenly it's not important if the characters remember this shit. Yeah. As long as you watching it mm-hmm. know what is being referenced on screen. Because right. I'm like, you they, you they
1: walk down the, the the hallway and we know what's going to happen yeah. when yeah. those doors c- close. Yeah. We know what those two little girls are, but I'm like, how are you guys who are so big into what Halliday liked and all this 80s shit, yeah. how do you right. not fucking know that this, this is what this movie right. is? Yeah.
2: It became more patting the audience and pandering to the audience. Uh, than any sort of uh, real life consequences on screen, which like I have a big problem with. S- so but, like, go ahead, sorry, go, ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, that's, that's really like, uh, like the- it. It just it, by that point, and it, it might have been like I was already just completely worn thin by this, this, um, this attempt to. S- I mean, it bums me out because I think Spielberg is at his best when like his. Juvenilia and childhood wonder is sort of on display. Like I love Hook, mm-hmm. I love uh, Close Encounters, I love ET, uh, I love Jaws. You know, it's just like his his childlike wonder is what makes him such a uh, invigorate, reinvigorating and uh, uh, life affirming filmmaker, if you will. But like this all just felt so cynical and more just like and to you guys brought up fucking Infinity War, where I think it's part of the same pattern where it's like this death spiral of, like, self-referentiality and referencing things that we all want as comfort food. That way we, like, never have to, like, come outside of our little bubbles and just, like, immediately have our pleasure centers finessed and massaged and we feel better right away. And it just really bummed me out. So... I might have liked it more if if it happened earlier in the film and I was just like, okay, that was cool. By that point, I was just like, get me the fuck out of here, please.
3: If they'd gone to Warped Tour, Eric would
2: have
3: Pennywise!
2: (laughs) (laughs) And and not from it. So, uh,
1: before we move on to Jaws, uh, one question that Pat had on his manifesto. Uh, Whether it's good or not, is Ready Player One a shameless cash grab or is it a, could we fairly classify that as a film? There,
2: it is cinematic for sure. <laughs> um, you know the things that work for me almost, like, w- are counterintuitive to what it ends up being. Whereas, mm. like, I thought he was gonna make salient points about corporate fascism because io the iOS or IOI? IOI. Well, yeah I O I was like punishing people by making them like uh, they're like uh, debtors. Slaves, yeah, it was debt, a debtors debtors, prison, debtors prison by like, and they would have to go into this world to pay off this debt. So they were like mining labor out of video games, like, oh, that's actually an interesting thing, where these corporations are pretending to be your friend, like, we see with Deadpool where it's like, we know we're sellouts More ironic, but, like, you're gonna see this shit anyway, bruh. <laughs> like, that's, that's sort of, like, this new level of iron, corporate irony that, like, I thought you know, Spielberg might have taken a few jabs at, but ultimately became, like, and, eh, kind of like, it's a, like, this isn't even encouraging you to keep your inner child, it's just, like, be a man-baby, uh, it's okay. Um, you need your, your your entertainment and pop culture. Um, uh, like I said, Pleasure centers always activated. And it's okay if anyone... It's not okay if people question it. They're wrong. You're right. So, Cash Grab? Cash Grab. Uh, Wes, Cash Grab, real movie?
0: I think it's a real movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of problems with it, but I think it's Spielberg's best blockbuster in a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there are hints of, like... Th- I think there are hints of, like, uh, that Spielberg magic from his, like, better movies like Jurassic Park or Jaws. I think there's hints of it. I don't think it's all there.
2: Yeah.
0: But I can tell that for some reason or another, he is excited about what he's making in this movie. I don't think he gets everything. I don't think he gets all the references and stuff. But luckily, the movie wasn't as, like uh, – luckily, the movie wasn't as, like – obsessed with being self-referential as I was afraid it would be. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was just going to be the most unwatchable thing ever. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's not perfect. There's definitely things I have issues with, but... Real movie. I think it's a real movie. Pat, cast guy real movie. Real quick.
3: I mean, I saw it on the screen. It's a real yeah, it's movie. A movie. Like, I'm not saying, not like, movie, right, you know what I mean. It's, it's, don't don't, don't uh, be literal. The, the, the thing... <laughs> I'll, I'll say real movie. Uh, the... It's kind of cool. It's it's horrible and uh, kind of shitty that uh, somebody could make this movie. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, uh, I think that the part of the email that wasn't read, uh, I started off by saying Spielberg is extremely famous. He is more. F- he's one of the most famous people in entertainment. He's the most famous director. Most people couldn't name another director. Most people couldn't tell you what a director does, but they know that Steven Spielberg is a famous one. He's the, he has achieved the definition of, of fame, uh, and, so, and only through that could he have acquired the rights to everything that's in this movie. And there is something to be said about just the ability to do that, and I do think that on some level that is really cool. Uh, that somebody could get that powerful, uh, that they could that they could manage to make this, uh, it's not a good movie. Uh, the script is bad. Uh, but yeah, Percival is spelled with a Z. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean it's 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 a better movie than uh, the Post. Jesus Christ. So yeah.
1: that was our, our <laughs> consensus on Ready Player One. We are about to get to Jaws. Right after this break, we'll be right back on Late fees
2: Yo, it's my man MC, one half of the RSPM boys, and as I pay my dues for my unfortunate heat bet, the show gets a Duval County takeover this week, the mind behind random acts of Podcast, our good brother Ampavelli
0: takes over as host and joins the Platinum Chanel boy himself, they've got the fallout from the NBA
2: Finals, all of the things you missed from the Golden State Warriors parade this week, World Cup, and much more as I watch from the rafters, so tune in this week listen to rspn and all other rnc podcasts on rnc radio through soundcloud
1: and the apple podcast app oh and shout out my android family we got y'all too on google play please don't kill me i forget i forget all right i forgot
3: they got here portable shower a monkey cage anti-shark cage
2: anti-shark cage you go inside the cage cage goes in the water you go in order, shark's in order. Our shark. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu, ladies of Spain.
1: All right, everybody, and welcome back. This is, like, the third time I've hit record because (laughs) you just cannot shut up. Uh, Welcome back to Late Fees. And we are currently talking about Steven Spielberg. This is the Ballad of Crooked Steven episode. (laughs) It is Justin. I am joined by Wes, Eric, and Pafeef. Hello. The man himself. Hi. And we have just given you a, a long... Elaborate review of Ready Player One: Why it's why it's bad, why it's good, why 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 it is why it is literally the, the cinematic bane of Eric's existence. And now we're gonna get into the other side of the spectrum of Steven Spielberg, and that is his seminal classic movie. We, we can call it a classic, right? It's a classic. Yes.
3: I mean, if yeah, if he is, if there's one, it's that. <laughs> I'll that's say not, it. it's not a knock. I, that's not, that, sorry, that's not a knock. I think it's uh, yes.
1: So his seminal classic. Jaws. I don't. I didn't want to do the 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 shark, the, the little music sound effect. I thought it would be too cheesy. I was um, trying to do
3: it when you came back from commercial. Oh, I, I, might like, I might play nah, it. I might play it on this.
2: I might play it under and this. It's, nah, it's, nah. it's
3: very good. It's all. It's maybe no. the most seminal uh, score.
2: Yes. Yeah. Of all time. Uh, no, play play, Quint's speech or his like the, monologue. The, about the USS and the Indianapolis yeah. speech. Yeah. That's is that his a,
3: famous monologue from the movie? Yeah, yeah it's I incredible. Have a, his when I first moved out here, uh, the DGA Parker and I knew somebody at the DGA and. Uh, they were doing this like these like retrospects on people's careers. So we saw one on on Lee, uh, and one on we saw one on on Spielberg, and it was right around when Super Eight came out. Which, looking back on, is another nostalgia come shower.
2: And, and, God, uh, right?
1: Bukaki, if you will. But anyway,
2: uh, nostalgia Bukaki. What's, what's this podcast rated? Uh, it's. Uh, uh, only thirteen-year-olds can listen. What? Polanski
3: over
0: here. We're done. Uh, <laughs> one episode, one and done. I think that's just come. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I uh, that. It was. Uh, I can't. If, my mom can't listen to this anymore. Well, we
3: can edit this this, this part out. Leave <laughs> no, it in. Leave uh, it in. Uh, what the fuck are we talking about? I don't know what you were talking about. Your Pat. DGA DGA. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that motherfucker got drunk as fuck. The first day they were supposed to record that because they're drinking when he get when he tells the story on the boat. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he and, was an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, okay, we'll just drink during the the scene, and he uh, drank <laughs> and couldn't film the scene. Yeah. The first yeah. so like the first day of filming or like whenever like right out of the gate. They were like, oh, fuck, Jaws is going to be a hard movie to it's make. It's my
2: favorite part of the movie because... Uh, it's the scariest part of the movie, and there's no shark in it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. John Milius, who's not credited yes. in the screenplay, wrote that on some, like, triage shit. Like, they needed some, like, char- col- ah, character color and some sort of ominous, like, portent uh, between these three characters where they're sitting on the boat waiting for this 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 monster, but more or less, that's been circling them to to rear its ugly head again. And that, that scene, man. Um, yeah, what was the name of the battleship again? The U.S. USS Indianapolis. Yeah, um, yeah. That that's that is one of the finest bits of acting from Robert Shaw I've ever seen. Just like it might be the alcohol because he's still he's still <laughs> is drunk, <laughs> but like he's like sweaty and and anxious, and it's almost like he he has been he has confronted death before, so this is like nothing new to him, and he has basically made peace with dying because of the shark.
0: Yeah. And he actually he uh, rewrote some of that speech with Milius yeah. on set, I
2: think. Yeah, Millius who you know, who had done I think just Conan before this, Conan the Barbarian, yeah. and and was Apocalypse Now after Jaws, right? Uh, uh, I think. Fact ap- check me. Apocalypse, shit. Uh, anyway, John Milius was known. He was he sort of came up in the USC UCLA uh, avant garde of like the George Lucas, Steven Spielberg era. Uh, Scorsese era, where he was like this sort of musculature, hard hitting screenwriter who loved loved guns and war and and, and Jaws was before. So okay, yeah. so he was still known as like this like uh, this uh, ghostwriter who would get called in to punch up these scripts, uh, and he was good friends with George Lucas and, and uh, Spielberg. So uh, Jaws dropped in nineteen seventy five.
1: And God, of course, yeah. So of course, we were not. We were literally. We were literally memories, or not even memories. We were literally pre-memories. thoughts. We were pre memories and our in our parents swimming around in our dad's balls. Yes, uh, absolutely. Great way to put that. Uh, so where I, I want to ask before we even get into the movie, where were you guys when you first saw Jaws?
2: Mm. Uh,
3: I I hope somebody has a better uh, version of this because I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, I Uh, Like a lot of other movies, my earliest memories of seeing it, whether they're actual memories or just memories I've created uh, in my head, uh, where memories tend to be, uh, (laughs) I think I probably saw it like on TNT or USA or TBS even, like on a Saturday afternoon at like 4 o'clock.
1: It was TBS, I I remember seeing it, It, it for some reason they were still playing this movie at 8 p.m. At night, for some <laughs> strange reasons. So, yeah, uh, that's... I
3: mean, uh, the, and TNT or like whoever, like back in the nineties, early knots. I mean, I'm sure yeah. I saw this before I was 13. Yeah, uh, they they showed shit like that no. like during the day, like mm-hmm. it. TNT it's,
0: was dope. Yeah, T- and they had Monster Vision. I don't yeah, yes. yeah, I, love yeah, monster I remember
3: Monster Vision. vision. Yeah. yeah, and AMC showed a lot of this stuff. Like AMC used to show movies yeah. all the time, all day, as opposed to just a million zombie shows
1: and into the badlands yeah and into
3: the badlands (laughs) which i'm actually kind of curious about uh don't don't be uh (laughs) but uh yeah i mean i i think it was that's one of the reasons that it's it's kind of a i mean obviously by the at the time i saw it i probably saw it five times before i knew anything about its reputation as like the the first blockbuster Mm -hmm. or whatever i probably hadn't even thought about the, what a blockbuster, I'd probably even differentiate between block. I thought everything was a blockbuster. And right? it's
1: it's funny that like we we know what we know we what we know of blockbusters now is what we see every single summer. But back in the '70s, the blockbuster was completely different. Like this was a blockbuster movie.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's cool uh, that it, it's kind of cool to me to have to have experienced it in the complete opposite way mm. like i imagine if you saw that you at 75 i think mm. when if you're saying this in 75 like you're going and like it's like you're like one of the reasons that the, everyone here is so cynical about not just avengers necessarily but about all, all of this shit is because there's always a next one like mm. there's never there, like imagine being like oh i'm like a movie's really popular. Like yeah. that. That's crazy. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Like oh, I have to. I have to go to the the theater to see the movie about the shark. Yeah, like, like, jo-
1: like Jaws didn't end with another fin coming out of yeah, the water. Yeah, yeah. You know? uh, Jaws episode. two may
3: have, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but at this point, like you just had to you had to go to the theater to see this movie. And like nowadays, a movie that gains word of mouth is a lot of times it's more exciting than, than any of these blockbusters that get peddled regularly it's rare for a movie to be to have good word of mouth mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's it is cool to have seen it like just like my dad was probably like oh this, this movie's really famous or like mm-hmm. oh this is a really this is a good movie mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't I don't recall having any. Uh, I'm, I'm, if it wasn't that, it was I watched it on like a family movie night, right, or something.
2: What about uh, you, uh, Eric? I think mine was similar. Um, my dad was pretty uh, integral in like sort of introducing me to to um, like early cinematic experiences, movies that he grew up with, movies that he loved. I I remember watching, like, Animal House when I was, like, six. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, like, and Problematic? I mean, <laughs> and you, see Future why episodes. I, you see why I am the way I am today, but, um, <laughs> you know, so those movies that he loved, if they were on TV and he knew that they might have been edited or whatever, he would probably let me watch. And I think, yeah, and he used to make, like, the, uh, the Roy Schneider uh, speeches and shit while we'd be out on a boat. Like, we grew up on the water, and... He, he'd always, you know, he had a pretty morbid sense of humor, so, like, he'd, he'd try to scare us and make these shark shark jokes while we were out on the boat and stuff when we were kids. But I remember, yeah, I remember watching that in the living room at, like, at age seven or eight, um, not really being scared because I didn't really have a grasp of, like, mortality and, and and, and th- the, you know, you're when you're seven, all you know is, like, I'm going to live like this forever. I'm yeah. going to be uh, protected by my parents mm-hmm. and life there is no end to this, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, things don't really <laughs> become scary until you realize that, like, no, the I, shit is really bad. Not weird. to interrupt you,
0: because I want to keep hearing this, but <laughs> I, I just talked about this with somebody where, like, when I was five, six, seven, I would watch horror movies all the time with my grandfather, and I thought they were, like, fun and funny, and, like... Well, that explains I, a lot. Yeah, yeah. No, but, like, it didn't they, bother my, me. My man's but... wearing a
2: Fangoria shirt right now. Damn.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's coming back. Fangoria is coming back. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, but... When I like turned ten, I turned into like a total wuss, and I was terrified of horror movies, and I couldn't watch them for like Same. three years. And I think it's because when you get older, you do grasp mortality, and you're like, "Holy shit, this can happen to me." Yeah. But when you're a kid, you're like, "This is great. What's yeah. that red stuff?" Yeah, yeah. Like
3: <laughs> Jaws manages to skirt that a little bit because I am so scared. Or as a kid, I was. Cripplingly afraid of stuff you weren't even supposed to be afraid of. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, I remember I saw The Blob on TV really young as a kid. <laughs> the, the, the 80s version or
0: the 50s? I, I, I don't those. know. The we, 80s version's fucked up. Whichever yeah, one, it, I don't, in that, right? I don't yeah, know which no, one it was.
3: I think it was in color. Then it was the, the 80s, '80s version. One. I yeah. think it has. They kill kids in it. It's great. A kid like try. They they end up kind of. Sh- uh, is there a kid who's in a cowboy he, costume in it? I, I don't think so. Well, but, either way, you're not supposed maybe to I'm be wrong. as scared of the blob as I was yeah. when I saw it. Nor are you supposed to be cripplingly afraid of Mars attacks. Uh, you were afraid of Mars was Attacks? So, so afraid of Mars Attacks. I don't know if it's because uh, I was just like a couple years too young for it. Yeah. I, I didn't know even until like, years later. Like when somebody said it, I was like, oh, holy shit, of course it is. But when somebody said like Mars Attacks is a, is a satire. Yeah, it's a like, comedy. It's, yeah, it's not a scary movie. I was like.
1: <laughs> what? Eric, what are you doing? It's
2: my ringtone. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Eric, Lin, Eric is here looking at butts while we're talking about Mars Attacks.
3: It's uh, I didn't know it was not. I didn't know it wasn't a scary movie until like years later.
1: That uh, that that song actually broke the tension of you talking about
3: Mars <laughs> Attacks. Uh, I, oh I I, I was af- I was really afraid of Mars Attacks. Uh, so Jaws uh, and but Jaws doesn't have that at least because even with like, even when I saw like the Grudge or Signs or stuff, I was like this stuff like. It's not going to happen, but it could happen. <laughs> like if, I don't, but like and even now, like I don't believe like demons and shit are real, but like some crazy shit could happen, and like some shit from the Grudge like could happen, mm. or like aliens could be real. Like I don't think they're coming, and I don't think they're coming here to kill us all, but they they could. Yeah. Jaws, if you're not in the water, a shark isn't going to get you. <laughs> like there was no. I was I was able to watch Jaws with like relative impunity because yeah. th- there was nothing to be afraid of like nothing a shark wasn't coming out from under the bed mm-hmm. a shark wasn't like I wasn't somebody who was like oh a sharks coming out of the faucet like I was like I was never <laughs> one of those types of kids like it was fine the faucet like, is crazy I know that's but it's a, like he, some, some, yeah, it's crazy I was right. afraid of Mars attacks somebody was, so if I was afraid of Mars attacks somebody out there thought a shark was could come out of a faucet so uh, what what do you case.
1: guys think uh, is still so great about Jaws to the day
0: so much of it I'll start with Wes I think it's a perfect movie I don't know if you guys know this uh this changes a lot uh but it's currently my favorite movie wow okay it was. You just watched it. I did just watch it, but I, I've been claiming that it's my favorite movie for like a year and a half now. It's, a, it's good.
3: That's, a big, that's uh, a big. It's like a, a it, solid thing to say. It
0: just dethroned Goodfellas. Okay.
3: Wow. It's it's, it's but, the but, pacing is much better than Goodfellas. But, so, so but that's that's good. Goodfe-
0: Goodfellas could come back. Could come back at any time. Uh, when I was like in high school, my favorite movie was Fight Club. Cause Cause that's like, oh, the course. most high school that's,
3: favorite. Yes, movie that's ever. everybody's favorite. You, you, you are a white guy who liked film in high school. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. My senior quote was a quote from fucking Fight Club. Ooh, our our yearbook <laughs> wasn't
3: allowed to have senior quotes because they were so sure like four people in a row would team up to like say something secretly racist.
2: Right? <laughs> <laughs> so like, you, we, we were that's
3: uh,
0: that's Ohio for you. Yeah. Um, I think I think Jaws is, is a, it's a perfect film. It's masterfully made. It's I, it's Spielberg's best movie to me. I don't think it's his most Spielberg movie. No, like, it's I most think most Hitchcockian movie. Yeah.
3: A lot of people's best thing is when they lose a little bit of like, I know their thing.
1: Tim
0: Burton's best movie is Ed Wood, and yes. it is not a Tim Burton-y movie. I um, like
1: Edward Hands over everything. That's okay. I wouldn't mm-hmm. argue with Edward I just so think Edward's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Edward um, is
0: pretty great. Um, I think Spielberg's most Spielberg movie is probably E.T., um, but, and I, I just watched it for this podcast. I've seen it thousands of times. Uh, funny enough, that the first time I saw it was my parents bought me a VHS for it when I was like six. And they got the letterboxed VHS. Wow. Which is like, you know, widescreen, which is everything now. But back, I mean, we're old. I'm, I'm 30. I don't know how old you guys are. I think you're all I'm younger. just
1: 31. Okay. Eric's the old one of all of us.
0: Uh, but... <laughs> When it, sound of gunshot <laughs> in the background. <laughs> when, when I was a kid, I'm when, 28. When I was a kid, we had uh, you know like a f- it was a full screen TV. It was a box TV. So when you watched a widescreen movie, it had the black bars. And I was like five years old. I'm like, what is this fucking shit? I I can't like see the whole movie. Mom, you bought the you bought a broken tape. You bought like they put bars on it. I didn't realize, you know,
3: it was like you. You were actually being like an elitist.
0: Yeah, we yeah. we grew up watching movies the wrong way. Yeah, which is I don't know why we're all bad filmmakers.
3: <laughs> like, uh, I, mean, I mean, It was it, the, the, the very divisive thing among. I didn't realize this at the time, but everybody had it later. It was the VHS set of uh, God forbid the special editions of oh, Star Wars, yeah. and there was a uh, it either came in a gold. Box yeah. or a silver box. Yeah. It, the it was Vader. It was like half of Vader's helmet, and it was silver or gold. And silver was the yes. uh, letter box, and gold was the uh, the full screen. full screen. And I got the letter box one. And my parents like I don't remember what the line was, but it was like that keeps it looking how it looked in the theater. And I didn't for years. I didn't know like what the fuck that meant, but I just kind of like ex- like for some reason I like was just like oh okay great and like that like. I, for years, I was the only one who was like, "It's way
0: better," but with you didn't the know bars. why. You didn't know I why. Didn't, I didn't. I mean, I, I kind of knew why, but not really. Thank God for widescreen TVs. Yeah, like, yeah. We would have been stuck in this like fucked way of watching movies forever. But that was a little sidebar. Um, but yeah, I just rewatched the movie, and I did want to talk like two things here really quick.
1: Uh, bring out the
2: notes, baby. Bring out the notes. God, I remember just fucking VHS in general. I, I bought Braveheart. Um, on VHS. Was it was split? Was two VHS yeah. tapes because it was over three hours long. You kids have no idea <laughs> the struggle.
3: I remember somebody brought Sound of Music to my house one time. Like their like their mom was like working a day she didn't normally work. Should have called so the police. They, <laughs> I, I, they brought Sound of Music over and like I was like first off uh, I didn't say this but it was like the first like, time in my life when I remember being like there's no fucking chance we're watching
2: this. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I don't know what this is, but I can assure you uh, we will not be spending any portion of the day watching this, especially because it's fucking two tapes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Again, don't know what it is. I don't need it to be even to one.
0: Uh, sorry. Yeah. I think we had uh, Titanic on VHS. And I pretty That's three, I, right? I, it was three. Yeah. Three fucking VHS tapes. You only need the first one. <laughs> the, the first one?
3: Yeah, it has the nudity in it.
0: <laughs> I think it'd probably be taped two. It's a long fucking movie. You might now. be right. Yeah, you're right, you're probably us. right, honestly. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Okay, anyway, tape.
0: great movie. Future episode. Yeah. Uh... Silence. Silence of that. Uh, I'm not so, watching that movie again. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> seen it since
3: I saw it. I asked my, I, in third grade, I asked. I knew there was nudity in it. Yeah. I asked my mom to take me specifically for, the for that. I've never watched it's it It's PG-13. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: How is it PG-13? I don't know, All right. but Wh- thank uh, God.
1: It's, I'm, it's called white privilege. I'll just go ahead. <laughs> I, I'll interject into that as white privilege. Go ahead.
0: All right, so what Jaws does perfectly, and it's something that, ready player one i think almost completely fails at uh is establishing character through filmmaking everything spielberg does in jaws is to align us with brody to put him in his like put us in his shoes to make us feel everything he's going through Mm -hmm. and he does it like from the, the first first moment you see brody It's like a shot of the ocean through his bedroom window, and Brody literally, like, stands up into the shot, and it's like we're being aligned with this man. And it just keeps going throughout the movie. Like, uh, shortly after that, he's on the barge, and they're, like, going out to, like, try to get the, like, Boy Scouts out of the water because, you know, there's been a shark attack. And it's just, like, this one wide shot. For the whole scene. With the mayor on the boat? Yeah, the mayor, classic. all the all the townsmen, they all come in <laughs> it's and a they and,
2: Spielberg one take. And
0: they sh- they surround him in this wide shot, and we're supposed to feel like, oh my god, like we're being surrounded. We are Brody. And like he just that's all he does throughout the entire movie is just keeps aligning us with Brody. When he sees the little boy getting eaten while he's on the beach it's that famous Zolly shot where he, like, you know, dollies and... The up
3: to yeah, yeah. his phase Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. yeah. The beach gets yeah. It's, like, him
0: and, it's yeah. a shot that, you know, not only establishes the horror of realizing that this is actually happening and, like, he could have maybe stopped it. It's all real. But it's, again, it's putting us right in there with them Everything Spielberg is doing with the camera is making us align with this character. And it's just... And I, I think know.
1: in a lot of ways, even in introducing Percival, it's not in this... It, in a lot of ways, he tries to do that
0: in Ready Player One, but he, I think
1: he like kind of falls flat. Like I think he does it well in Jurassic Park.
0: Oh, my God. He oh, no, no, does it well in Jurassic all Park. Of his, all of his movies, like his early films and Jurassic is more, I guess, later because it's 90s, but like all the shots in Jurassic Park are from the level of the humans. Yeah. Like, looking yeah. up, being overwhelmed by mm-hmm. these dinosaurs. The shot
3: that you're talking about, the rush up is to... Uh, Brody. to Brody's face on the, the Zolly. beach yeah. uh, is it's a very different type of shot but it makes me think a lot of uh, when uh, they're driving the jeeps around the property on the park in Jurassic Park before they've seen any of the dinosaurs yeah. and before you I think before you see the dinosaurs they hold on Alan and he's, like, he kind of stands up in the Jeep and yeah. takes his hat off. And it's it, the camera goes up with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see his reaction to it the, before you mm-hmm. see them. And it's, it's like that. Yeah. It's,
0: and, and even in E.T., like, the camera is at the level of the kids. Sure. And the way the adults are shot is always, like, from like lower looking up, they're like mm-hmm. these like weird Towery. authority, yeah,
2: towering authority
0: figures. Yeah, wow.
1: and it, Ready Player One has none. of You just made you just like <laughs> I know made that movie like I watched it maybe two weeks ago. We, we were supposed to do this the first time, and I was like, I hadn't seen it in a while. Yeah. So like when I saw that shot, I was like, holy shit! Like Ready Player One does absolutely none of this. You're kind of thrown into it. And I think the fact that it hides behind someone's CGI is really the reason. Like, There's no yeah. point of reference there. Yeah,
3: like, and it expects you to have seen a bunch of other, not movies. just movies, but Spielberg
1: movies yeah. almost.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and what I like mm-hmm. about Jaws, to piggyback off what you were saying, with his like camera-ass character sort of approach, where it's mm-hmm. like, this was Spielberg in 75, so he was j- just turned 30, maybe? He like, was very young. Very young, he had maybe done two, <laughs> two features before this, maybe just one. Spielberg
3: made Jaws We're recording a podcast about Spielberg in a basement. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: brutal. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sucks. Uh, yeah, he did like that one TV movie about the trucks. Uh, Duel. Duel. Duel's uh, great, which is like a monster movie in itself. Yeah. Like these trucks become Duel, these. Duel sort of and Jaws are maybe. very connected. Yeah. 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 And uh, but it was it was also like this flashpoint moment where it was here's this emerging singular voice like altruistic singular voice, but he was cribbing from the greats before him in such a blatant way. With that famous Z zolly shot on the beach, I mean, that was the same sort of Zali shot we saw in Hitchcock's Vertigo, mm-hmm. uh, This the approach where you, you're you either zooming in and dollying out, or right. zooming out and dollying in, so it creates this weird uh, sense of chaos and tension between character and environment. Also used to good effect in comedy. Oh, very much so. Because uh, it is a disorienting thing. It is to express what these characters. Are I'm killing. a big
3: sucker. I don't know what the, the name of that shot is. It has a specific name, but Dolly
2: shot, Zolly.
0: Zali.
3: Oh, okay. Dolly. Dolly zoom. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I even in shitty things when it happens. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, okay, one yeah, of the I best like is this. in
2: Goodfellas too. I mean, Scorsese uses it all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, Hitchcock kind of was. I mean, I'm sure there's other European guys. I might and and women. I might be forgetting, but um, that sort of plays into what made this movie so good was you don't see the shark for half of the movie and it's this... The, uh, leaving things to the imagination and what you can't see is even more frightening than what you do see. But a lot of that was circumstantial because the fucking animatronics kept breaking and they couldn't use the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they couldn't use the shark for half of the production. It was like, all right, we're just going to have to make this, like, the uh, the specter of this thing becomes the scariest part because... They spent a lot of money. It was like a million bucks at the time, which in 2018 money is probably like... It's nothing. It's a penny. It's probably, you know what I'm saying? It's probably like $10 million back then, like $15 million or some shit, but like...
3: The whole budget on, on something else. Yeah,
2: on something else. So, like, Spielberg was this resourceful, like, still like had had that sort resourceful, scrappy student film, or student director in him, but was able to elevate it to... To high art that, yeah, I mean, it would influence every fucking movie. that we The watch shark today.
3: still looks good. It still looks good. Mm-hmm. Animatronics,
2: same reason why Jurassic Park still looks good.
3: And he... I'll take animatronics That shit over. Jurassic Park looks amazing. amazing. yeah. Still I'll
2: take that shit over CGI any day. And he, like, still, I think,
0: considers Jaws like an unfinished film. Like, that's but, how many problems they had on set. Like, he just, like, he did what he could to get through it. And I think, you know, when these great filmmakers are put in these problematic situations, a lot of times we get some of their best works. I mean, same thing with Lucas and A New Hope. Like, yeah. they they go through this shit, uh, Coppola and Apocalypse Now, and, you De know... Palm,
1: De Palma Scarface.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's,
3: it's kind of why, like, it's not... It's kind of why it doesn't make a lot of sense for, like, the current franchise blockbuster model, which is... Pluck indie filmmakers out of their thing, Mm -hmm. and like, what are indie filmmakers good at? Dealing with a limited number of resources to tell
1: a bigger story,
3: an unexpected story. Mm. Limited number of resources, unexpected story. So why don't we give them unlimited resources and the most expected to tell a really (laughs) (laughs) prepackaged story? Like, no wonder these movies just aren't good. Uh, but it's like not Brody is amazing. I I think he's he's an amazing character. He's like the the reason you can't really write that type of character anymore is because people like him did it so well, and not him and Spielberg. And,
1: and, do you, do you and, find that there was allusions to Ahab and Moby Dick? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh,
3: I, I mean sure. And it's I, mean, I think the, Quinn is Ahab.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Which I think it's always cool, like in anything to kind of insinuate that like another character is like a stand-in for another character Uh, and uh, and and so yeah Brody is amazing but Quinn is amazing and Quint it's Quint Quint. I didn't know that and what's the other guy's name Hooper. Hooper, Hooper, Matt Quint Hooper and, and Brody. Yeah, so, Hooper. So uh, yes, so A, they all have these great like uh, look very like American without being like out of the box American names.
2: And it's like and every white person at Coachella's name too. <laughs> Hooper, Quinn, uh, Brody, we're out. Let's but, go. But
3: now the Now their first names. Uh, what? Now their first names. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you have, like, like Brody is, like, this everyman character. Hooper is nerdy. Quint is, like, a tough sailor guy. So you have these, like, three, uh, you know... if it, Yeah, if we're a movie being made now, it would be five characters instead of two, or instead of three. But not only that, but, like, even... It's why, like, it, like think about, like, Mendelssohn in uh, Ready Player One and how eventually it's literally a CEO running around town with a gun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the most, like, evil thing
2: you could like, think yeah. of. A mustache twirling.
3: But the villain, I mean, yeah. Sure, oh, the, the, Jaws
0: has the best villain yeah, like, of any villain. The shark is kind of the villain. No. But the villain is the mayor. Mayor. and yeah. Larry Vaughn.
3: Yeah, and he's great. <laughs> and he's, gr- like, he obviously he's a fucking prick. Like, he, the, he gets people killed by a shark. Uh, against like anyone's better judgment but it's not like that like you you really like, you're like yeah the, the guy's the mayor like nobody's gonna come like if nobody comes to town then the whole town is gonna be broke and if the whole town is gonna yeah. be broke everyone's gonna be sad so they have to keep the beach open and like yeah he's like a used car salesman but like he, he does kind right. of have to keep the beach open like
2: yeah, no, uh, I, you're exactly right, and there are parallels to Ready Player One that I mean, that is sort of a through line in Spielberg's career. Was this uh, disdain and distrust of authority, of bureaucracy, of uh, dare I say, capitalism? Even though he's a billionaire, and talk, <laughs> talk about that. There, private
3: no, staircases, yeah, yeah, you
2: know, you, you know, it's. I mean, that's why Mendelson became this like almost more cartoonish than Bezos, and it doesn't get much more cartoonish than him. But um, yeah like the the shark is not the villain in this movie it's uh it, it we it's capitalism <laughs> <laughs> as much as I want to say that I was gonna say it's it's uh it's more like governmental oversight and uh, and failure to protect its its um citizens. D- wouldn't you say it is capitalism though? because the, they want the money, money. They, they need they, money for joy well 4th. they're they're inextricable from one another it's yeah. uh, it's power and capital over, well, um, over a simple.
0: <laughs> Plots were
3: simple.
2: Like yeah, that was I mean, a
1: simple
3: plot, right there. It is. I mean, it's kind of like it's like it's the 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 shark isn't even the villain because it's so simple. Like yeah. a shark, it's just a has, force of nature. Yeah, it's it is the like best other than like a storm. A shark hasn't evolved in the time that most things have died out and like been re. Populated like a million times they're, over. Like sharks are dinosaurs. the same now as mm-hmm. they were. Like mm-hmm. it, even I say I love people are like oh I love crocodiles and alligators. My like, well they're like dinosaurs basically, <laughs> and they are, but they got a lot smaller and shit. Like sh- great white sharks haven't changed because they haven't had to they just swim and eat that's the all dark. they
2: do yeah, so <laughs> you
3: can't be fucking mad that like the shark is like it's yeah. a shark you're going like, to his,
2: ter- his yeah. or her territory and and, it, and get mad when they want to fuck you up and so it
3: almost becomes like a, an uh, existential movie in a way that like movies aren't really yeah. anymore like you know I, I now if a movie even is like like if the day after tomorrow were made tomorrow, I, you know, whatever. <laughs> the villain would end up being, like, some CEO who, like, has a weather device or something. That like happened,
1: it would... Geostorm. There you go. <laughs> Geostorm. So, um, one thing I do want to ask before we actually get to run down what Steven Spielberg should be doing, uh, what about Jaws isn't so perfect? I know, Wes, you think it's perfect you can you can tap out of this if you want if you like. I'll try to think of something. But we we I think we all like we're in consensus that this is like a fucking amazing movie. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't find
2: anything even when I tried. I mean I'm sure if we went with a fine tooth comb there'd be some some writing problems. I mean some or, obvious there's animatronics. Yeah. There's some obvious animatronics. Yeah. I mean here's, here's we can't here's, hold that the era in which it was created. Uh, we can't hold that against it as far as the technology available. But like I, w- I would I would
3: say in terms of sorry sorry <laughs> good. I,
2: I would say you know just probably i'm sure there's some boiler plate like script scripting issues but i mean the performances were all fire the uh, the the shark looks great it's lean it's not too long it's uh, it's fucking scary ah, i st- mean uh,
3: here's the thing I, th- I i don't think there's anything i th- as i've said about uh, 2001 i think if you told me jaws like was the best movie I, I would say like I, I wouldn't think that but I wouldn't really have a great argument against you I right. think it's a really I think the best things are at an exist at an intersection of art and pop I mean that's why the best music is, is great that's why the best like that's what the Oscars should be rewarding more often than they actually are you know the, the, and Jaws is that uh, if Jaws were made uh, tomorrow uh, the main cast is is three white guys. <laughs> uh, there are The only woman in the movie is Brody's wife, I think, and the girl who gets eaten by the shark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know it's a beach town on the East Coast, so there wouldn't really be a lot of people there who weren't white anyway, but that's not the best excuse for not having a more diverse cast. I yeah. mean, so I don't think there's... I have no outstanding issues with it. I think if it were being remade today, it would, you'd have to do it a lot It'd differently. It'd be very different.
0: But... I got two complaints. I just thought of it. Okay. Uh, So I don't know if you guys remember this, but they're having like a town hall meeting uh, after the Kittner boy gets eaten on the raft. And there's this fucking asshole... Making jokes like it's <laughs> like the same fucking day that this boy has been eaten. So I don't like that guy. Yeah. What's he doing? I
3: mean, <laughs> actually, uh, I, I I have a good after this. That's, that's, oh, I, that's, I got that's one. Twitter, more. they predicted. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: No, it's, that's not a problem. Twitter. It's not a problem. I just thought it was weird. Uh, the, the there's one part I do not like. Um, when Ellen Brody sees off uh, Martin Brody when he's going off on the, yeah. the trip yeah. with Quint and Hooper. Uh, Quint is just being a total piece of shit. He's talking about like fucking hookers, I think. And like, oh, he's just being really foul. And she's getting upset. And she's like, Do you really want to do this? And he's like, I got to do it. And like, she kisses him goodbye. And like, Quint's like, What are you doing? Come on. We got to (laughs) go. Stop being a pussy. Come on. And she. She gets upset, and she cries, and she runs away. And it's the last time we see Ellen Brody. Oh, yeah, it is. That's, and wait, do, that's the, shitty. Until the shark starts haunting her in Jaws 3. Uh, that's that's Jaws 4 The Revenge. Oh, God, uh, terrible at. movie. I didn't, um, I didn't see it. <laughs> but that's, that's, Spo- kind of a, that, Spielberg's hat. that's kind of a shitty last moment for Ellen Brody, because she's a pretty strong character the rest of the film. Yeah. And it felt like, I'm going to make her a damsel... That runs away at the last five seconds. But I get it. Like I mean, Quent's being terrible. This is a terrible situation where her husband's going to be on this ship with like a total psychopath and a, a nerd. A basically. Yeah. But I I don't know. Like that part's a little
2: like showing when this movie was made. Yeah. Well, um, shit. The same problems arise in Ready Player One with how he writes female characters. Oh,
0: that oh, very problematic treatment of female characters in Ready Player <laughs> One that we kind of didn't talk I mean, about. We're, but. we're getting this is
2: the guy who wrote. Co-wrote the Indiana Jones script with George Lucas and was like she should be thirteen and they oh, should have God. a crush on each other. That <laughs> shit was crazy. It's gross. So what?
1: What was the the main? I, I know we kind of we didn't really gloss over it. We just started talking about this. So and, and, and Ready Player One. What was the? What was the like problematic?
0: The uh, female moment for you. The relationship is bullshit. Yeah. Uh, he's like I'm in love with you. Like he says immediately. It, they
3: each other like, like, two weeks
0: they or don't something. even know each other. It's yeah. a game. Uh, but I get it. Guys, I've been in an online relationship. I get it, man. It's, it's weird. Yeah,
2: the whole The whole thing felt very like they re- they returned from the Oasis. Their, their cities and homes are still ravaged by yeah. economical and environmental disasters. up. But the moral <laughs> story is Wade got to make out with the chick yeah. and that's really all that matters especially if you're like a mouth breather Gamergate who this movie might have spoken to. On yikes, a, yikes. A, a, on not people like you who got, you guys are good Gamergate bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, don't put Gamergate <laughs> Do in it. This not good not Gamer, we're going to get like her Yeah, if you said Gamergate <laughs> so know.
3: many
2: times. We're
0: already fucked. You talked about Jeff Bezos so know, yeah, we're fucked. I'm not um, getting my primary. Oh, oh wait here's one th- issue I have
3: with is the kid who gets eaten on the raft. That Alex Kittner. Yeah, Kittner. Love that name. How fucking old is his mom? She, that's, she's not his, super, that's not his She's mom. like his grandma. Yeah. Okay, They. Say, I think they say his mom in the yeah, movie. Yeah, it's, it's not, his mom. It's not. Yeah. It's
0: not. <laughs> <laughs> she's um, a
3: foster mom. Yeah, it, Yeah, and she's fostered a lot of kids.
0: Before, <laughs> him. before we move on, I would like to ask, uh, have you guys ever read the book Jaws? No, no, never. Did read you it. know it's based on? The I book? did not know. No, it was I didn't based know that. Book. No, really? I knew, I knew no. that. I just never read it. It's very different. Uh, I would say it's way worse. I think Spielberg and his screenwriter made a I lot of really great, great changes. Just to let you know a little bit about the book, uh, Ellen Brody's character is way more problematic in the book. Uh, she really wants to be like wealthy, and she wants to be a part of this like wealthy society and in amity. And she is taken back by Matt Hooper, who is a very wealthy man. And she has an affair with him. Wow. Holy shit. She cheats on Brody. And Hooper dies in the book. And its I think it's kind of implied that Brody lets it happen. Like, wow, that's and, crazy. That's um, <laughs> fire. And Quint, uh, his death is way different. He, he uh, I think he like harpoons... The shark, and I may be getting this wrong because it's been a long time. He harpens the shark, the shark like pulls him in the water, and he gets like tangled up with the shark, and the shark drowns, and he drowns. It's like a Moby mm. Dick ending. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the shark does not blow up in the book, which I as ridiculous as it is, it's, it's the perfect. I love perfect is ending. the greatest thing. Was a a smile, shark right? exploding. Smiling a bitch, <laughs> Smiley son of a bitch. Yeah. It's the best ending that movie could have had. And I think Spielberg, you know, it's like a move that. If he did it today with something, we might be like, "Man, come on!" But like, <laughs> yeah. it's so perfect, and he knew what yeah. the audience it's wanted. It's
3: because they've sold Brody for an hour yeah. and a yeah. half beforehand, and you're like, like Do "You okay. want?" It. Yeah,
0: because because Brody's been like, he's been slowly becoming a man through the film. Yeah. Like when he starts off on that ship, he is like, he's Cowardous. a fish out of water. Yeah. He, he he doesn't know how to tie like a knot. He he shouldn't be on this boat. And then by the end of it, he's the only one, like, still fighting. Yeah.
3: And he's just so, like, put upon when he delivers the line. Like, he just wants to, just, go, yeah, home he wants so to go home so bad. And then he shoots the thing, and it's so... Huh. Like, a shark exploding is, like, a, yeah. it's awesome. Like. And, like,
0: he and Hooper, like, swimming back to shore together. Like, total bromance. Yeah, the, like, it's perfect. The
3: reveal that he's alive. Oh, uh, I love it. You know this. I've basically stolen it in in scripts that <laughs> yeah. I've written. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. All uh, right.
1: So... Just to wrap up this episode in a neat bow. Yeah. uh, Quickly, what do you guys think Spielberg should be doing? I'll start with Eric. You
2: know, he... His late career, by late I mean like after the terminal. So like 2005-ish, Spielberg has been really strange because he's made really pleasant and watchable and fun and like really formalistically... Impressive movies like Catch Me If You Can and and Lincoln, which like I think is boring. Munich. And I love Munich. <laughs> we can talk about I Munich. Mean, that is. Munich is complicated. It's I have a complicated relationship with it. Um, where it's again he, he like tiptoes that line of actually saying something really, um, really important about Israel and geopolitics, but even just the se- action sequences alone and and the shootouts are just absolutely breathtaking. And, like, the, the flashbacks to, to the to the airport and to the Olympics getting, the Olympians getting high, um, taken hostage was just fucking incredible. Um, I feel like he's in cruise control now, and in a way that wasn't as apparent in, like, the early aughts were, like, I think, um, Minority Report is an absolute masterpiece. It's, I think that is his best movie. Uh, I would hold that above. Everything from Schindler's list to Private Ryan, everything.
3: He's only credited as director of Minority Report. He does not have another credit in right. the
2: yeah. movie. Um But th- my problems what I see in like uh, Warhorse and The Post and also Ready Player One, it's just um he's sort of it's not even resting on his own laurels, it's like trying to re like It's like he's banging on the window, reminding us of these laurels where it's like, (laughs) I'm still good at uh, dramatic storytelling and also video game uh, fantastical um, uh, dreamscapes, but nothing just, everything just rings hollow. Like this
3: window banging thing you're saying, it's like, it's a guy who's like, hey, let me back into the party, man. It's like, you were just inside. Like, what the fuck happened? We're
2: at your house. We are are in your house, Steven. (laughs) (laughs) Crooked Steven, we are in your house. Like. I, I he, his influence and fingerprint on f- cinema is undeniable and sh- and I t- I'm not trying to have some revisionist issue where he he's not like Clint Eastwood where he just makes completely unwatchable things now and like <laughs> it makes me want to re uh, interrogate his entire career like I fuck Clint Eastwood. I haven't given up fully on <laughs> Spielberg. The post was laughably bad but like you think there's still something there? There's something there because even in, the, in the, a laugh, laughably bla- bad movie like The Post there's still like moments of just like holy shit he is he can shoot the shit out of mm-hmm. a scene especially when cramming 13 characters in one room and this camera does the dance around them it's like no this guy is the fucking master but, and even
3: in The Post which is, uh, I agree is bad yeah. uh, it was like really bad uh, it's he still manages a couple scenes I'm saying, in the yeah. movie where you're like, ah, like he is like. It's like when you listen to an album and like it sucks, but like the one song is like it makes it worth. It. Oh, like this is like if he's actually doing it, like he is still the yeah, best. Like when he is the best, he's still the best. When he and, gives a
2: shit, yeah. And, and so the answer, I'm I'm long winded as you guys know. I would say I would like to see him return to more sci fi, mm-hmm. not an already pre-existing property or intellectual property or some reference of another pop culture moment. Something like Minority Report. Something like... um, um, Fuck. uh, Close Encounters. Mm -hmm. um, Which, I believe Close Encounters was a book, but, you know, even if he's just going back into the well doing stuff we've seen him do, I want him to avoid... Any sort of self, self-referential, self-referential... I cannot talk. Self-referential... None of us mother- can say that word today. That's a hard <laughs> word to say. Yeah, I yeah. just... I, well, I struggled with it, too. It's uh, okay. But, yeah, you know... So, go back to sci-fi. S- motherfucker. S- sci-fi and just have fun. Like, if you're going to do something like Ready Player One, like, miss the surface level moralizing that you do. Like, we should all just unplug. Because, like, it's hollow at the end of the day, but, you know what I mean? It's... it's uh. I, if you're going to do something fun, at least just be fun and don't make us feel guilty for it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, go back to it. Even if you... Yeah, and fucking... Catch Me If You Can was amazing, too. All right, all right Eric. All right. God all right, it, All right, Wes. He's broken my heart. Uh,
0: you know, this happens with a lot of filmmakers. As they get older, it's... They kind of peter Already out a little syndrome. bit. It, it's, you know, when you're younger, you're you're still growing up. You're dealing with a lot of life problems and struggles. And, you know... I, I don't know how how old is Spielberg now. He's, he's, 70s. he's old, 70s. seventies, seventies. So I mean, you know, he's he's probably fairly comfortable right now. He's got a good chunk of money. He's got a family. He's a billionaire. Um, <laughs> he's like a billionaire. I don't know, I don't know what problems he would be really like struggling with. So uh, when you're not struggling, it's harder to like be hungry and it's harder to like have something to say. Whereas when you're young and you're coming out of the gate, it's like you feel like you have too much to say and you're just trying to get it out. So I, I think that happens a lot with a lot of filmmakers. Uh, some any creative field, honestly, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, some still manage like relevance, and I still think he's relevant. I, 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 really think he, I, I he's got like one good one still buried in him yeah. somewhere, and I, I hope it comes out. I think Ready Player One shows that there's signs of it. Like, I don't think great players one's perfect, and we've talked about the problems here a lot, but there's there's glimpses of great Spielberg there. Sure. They're just buried in a lot of bullshit. And I just, I hope that he can, like, find that again. I think, and I did this when I was taking notes on Jaws, like, one thing that you can see between young Spielberg and old Spielberg is uh, a lot of his... Best films, you know, they're sci-fi, whatever, but they're always, like, adventure films in a way. Yeah. Like, even Jaws. Jaws is a horror film, but it's also an adventure film. There's a sense of adventure. But he never loses the horror. Yeah. He never loses that, like,
2: otherworldly, like, terror. And That's what I think makes, sorry to cut you off, yeah. but it just makes me realize that's what made War, War of the Worlds. The first yeah, 100. 100, 100 minutes of that yeah. is a perfect horror movie. Yeah. Absolutely gutting movie, but of course it devolves up its own. Ass and then in it the devolves back. And you're
3: like he just wanted to make another movie with Tom
0: Cruise. Yeah, yeah. And but there's
2: that first hour and a half, hour forty is some of the best filmmaking he's ever done because of that perfect amalgamation of adventure, uh, uh, dread, horror, yeah. and sense of um, like sense of it's like almost like fantastical in a way, but like in a really grounded way that's like hard to pull off. But
0: I I love that he sees that there is horror and adventure. Like if you're going on an adventure, it's not gonna be easy. It's gonna be hard, it's gonna be scary. And like from moment one in Jaws, I don't know if you remember this or when the last time you saw it, but over the Universal logo, you hear nothing but under like underwater noises, like sonar, yeah, and it's like holy shit. We like from moment one, we are in an alien world and we don't fucking belong here. Yeah. So from moment one, he's establishing that tone. And it's the same thing, like e- even in ET, like the, the opening credits of ET are kind of scary. And like it's that movie is not really known as a scary movie, but like there's a sense of horror in like dealing with another life form. Yeah. And uh same thing with Close Encounters, uh, Jurassic Park, the opening of Jurassic Park is fucking haunting as shit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah it's, it's like a, sh- a horror Kill short. Her. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom. They're scary. There's scary things in these adventure films. Yeah. Can you imagine? if in Ready Player One he had found like a sense of horror in like this adventure story like uh, there could be like we're going into another world that can be scary yeah. if done right or the current world they're living in is horrible
2: yeah and they're well, just like it is well, a dystopia, and like we almost like glance over that fact because they escape so quickly yeah, into the oasis. They, they're just like yeah, the real world implications. Dy-
0: dystopia. We're living in a dystopia, and at the end of the movie, we're still living in a dystopia. And I made out
2: with a chick, so it's okay. So it's
0: okay, but I don't know. Like that's just to me an example of like when you're young and hungry, and you like you you see all this stuff, like you see the struggles, and then when you're old and comfortable, it's like ah, uh, you know, it's yeah, they're fine in that trailer world. So yeah. what's what's just what does Spielberg do? He, I would,
3: I don't know what specifically he should do, but he should not have an agenda. <laughs> like, I think the problem with his post Minority Report movies and maybe post like, like I think like you, Minority Report comes out and I like Eric, love Minority Report, and then like the Terminal and Catch Me If You Can come out and you're like, oh, well, this is kind of fun. Like, what Spielberg doing here? Yeah. Like, this these are different than he's made before.
0: I think I know what he should do. I think he should be. Uh, he should find something that he's inspired by, something that like really grabs him like the material for like Jaw like he read the book for Jaws and was like, I gotta make this. Something like that. And I think he should be put in a situation where he doesn't have all the resources in the world. They did the same thing with uh, M Knight. Like M Knight was his career was falling apart mm-hmm. and then Blumhouse basically saved him. They're like, Hey, you got five million dollars you, don't, you got no more yeah. chances here. Like Make it fucking <laughs> work. You have five million work.
2: hours
3: in your current reputation, so, yeah. so uh, <laughs> make a move. So he
0: made the, the Visit, which is pretty damn good. I yeah. like The Visit. Pretty and then visit. Split, which I I don't love Split, but people do. I so. don't love Split, I, but I love the
3: gimmick of
1: Split. Yeah. I
0: like Split until the last five minutes of Split. Um... <laughs> but like i think i think if spielberg was put in that situation like in jaws where he doesn't he doesn't have all the resources in the world he's going to have to be a creative problem solver i think he could make something really like interesting and like gripping again um yeah so that's my thought i don't know it just feels like he's tr- like all
3: he's this stuff like bridges spies warhorse lincoln like these movies all feel thematically linked in a way that's like i'm trying too hard in like my old age like yeah. i've got got comfortable I don't really need to... I imagine he's not seeking out a lot of this material. I imagine a lot of it is finding its way to him. Oh, yeah. And, like, big stuff that people... that like, we just need to, like... We have to make this Lincoln movie where Daniel Day-Lewis plays Lincoln, and we we should have Spielberg do it. And, like, okay, like, fine, you did it. Like, you made the movie. It's
2: capital mm-hmm. I important. Everything yeah. Everything like, has this air of... Yeah,
3: I don't want the air of importance. Like, the reason that Minority Report is a great movie is because it's, like, a just a great neo-noir science fiction movie. And, like, that's... he's not trying to make a great neo science fiction. It just is one. Yeah.
2: I yes. mean, his counterpart in Scorsese has managed to do this, where it's almost... It feels like he's gotten more subversive the older and richer he's gotten, in a weird way. I mean, he's had a few hiccups. Like, Vinyl wasn't that good, and Hugo was a kid's movie, but, like... Oh, I hate that fucking yeah, movie. I know, but, like... I have problems with Silence, but that is, like, a big, bold movie to do at age, what... And that's 80. Yeah, and that's a passion piece. For and it's uh, 20 years in the making that, like, really, really stripped the layers off of Catholicism and his own uh, feelings towards religion and and penance and, and sacrifice. And then you have movies like Wolf of Wall Street, which, again, I have problems with and would have been a perfect movie at 90 minutes, but for some reason it's, like, two hours and 45. <sighs> yeah, but, like, he's, like, ha- that movie was, like, him having fun, and it yeah. was, like, Baldy and, and and left field and kind of kind of crazy and like Spielberg still as in these it's almost like he has this comfort zone that he knows works and that's fine but like I feel like the art is suffering for it and for Spielberg
1: all right so and in, in closing I don't know if if we found a consensus here but I think that a lot of us probably don't like Ready Player One now. I think I definitely like it less. <laughs> I, I like
0: it I like it less, but I still I still like it. Like I, I actually I'm I'm looking forward to watching it a second time whenever I'll watch it again with you. Whenever it comes out run right. on, on Blu ray or
3: if it were on FX I wouldn't mind it coming on on a, um, in a way that I've described having seen Jaws.
0: Yes. I still think he's a very talented filmmaker yeah. and I I hope he has another like great one in him. Um, yeah, being a, I mean he being a great
3: filmmaker isn't always well, the same thing he, as being a great storyteller.
1: He, he is slated to join the DC Cinematic Universe. Uh, oh, he's done.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and That's, he is going geez. to be adapting a movie for them. Uh, but until then, we have Ready Player One to to hold on, and for that we have Ready Player One and Jaws to hold on. The first episode of Late Fees, fellas, how do you feel about the first episode?
2: It was fun. Yeah, this side. I'm ready for a nap? <laughs> uh, well, you're like 40, so... I can't, I can't wait to talk about some big, important comedies with you guys. <laughs> yes. I, I think the sky's the
1: limit for this show. <laughs> Very glad that, that Steven Spielberg had to basically lay on a cross <laughs> and so that we could walk over him. He's still yeah, crooked, Steven, but still... I have
3: hope in him. Yeah, I, uh, I love Jurassic Park.
1: Less crooked, more crooked. Who knows? Uh, but in the end, this has been Late Fees with Justin and Wesley, Eric and Pat. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, check out RNC Radio on SoundCloud and on iTunes. We have a dozens and dozens of shows and playlists on our I- on our iTunes and Spotify for you guys to listen to. That is from this show that you're listening to right now, Late Fees, all the way to RSPN, to The A Show, to every single show that we have on our network. Until next time, guys, do not forget to take back your videos.
0: Yeah, and be kind, Rewind. God's plan. Let's get it. Goodbye.